Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. But I used to run a lot. And I know I was getting near the end or somebody would pass me and I had this spur to run harder. And I'd run harder. No, you're not beating me. And I'd run harder and I'd get past the line, I'd finish. But my gosh, that made me extra tired. Okay, so that's what's happening. They're getting exhausted here because they pushed harder. They're they're very tired. And when you get extra exhausted, that also brings on more prime time to worry, doesn't it? Uh, Lord, I'm tired. I'm beat. I'm, I, I have nothing left. Here's another problem, Lord God. And now I'm going to worry about it. And so they're starting to worry a little bit. They were afraid that a sudden attack is going to hit them and take them down. So Nehemiah needed to implement yet another strategy here. We need something else because even though the people were scared, he realized there was some truth to what they were saying. They're going to get us on every side. We're failing. We're getting tired. Yes, we built it, but we're, we're running out of steam. What do we do? Nehemiah 4 and 13. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, look at the nobles. Remember, these are the guys who didn't even want to help. Remember, they wouldn't even help build the wall. Now he's got them in it. I guess they're seeing trouble, right? About time. And I said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Friends, I know you're getting tired. I know you're working extra hard at times and the worry is starting to set in because the exhaustion hits you. I think Nehemiah had a great strategy here that I want to use for you today. Remember the Lord. I think when we get a little worried and a little tired and, oh, no, this new thing happened now, what? Are, I think we forget God, don't we? Remember the Lord, how great and awesome he is. He fights. So I love how Nehemiah told the nobles, guys, you need to get in this. I think somewhere along the way, they originally weren't fighting. They weren't uh, helping to build the wall. I think somehow or another they came in. I think they're starting to realize the urgency. But Nehemiah's new strategy was to position people with weapons. We're not just working. We're working with with arms now. We're working with things to, to, to strike back if you come at us. And he specifically put families together to fight in groups. Men to fight before their families. Again, this is a way to spur them with more fierceness because if dad is fighting with his wife and his kids nearby, dad is going to fight a lot harder. You're going to fight harder for your own direct family than you will for anybody else. 
So here's the next level of strategy. Fight with your families. Y'all stay together. It will make them fight that much harder because now they really got something to fight for. We're not just fighting for a wall. We're not just fighting for a town. We're fighting for our children, our wives, grandchildren, so on and so forth. Now you've got an amplifier on that radio, right? When the enemy heard about it, now they are the ones that became scared. Look at how God turned the tables. He turned it the other way. They knew now there's no way to fight against any man who fights for his family. Now Sam Ballot and all the other guys around, all the way around, now they realize we can't do this. God brought their plot down to nothing. Did Nehemiah not say, Lord, shut this man down? Nehemiah 4 and 16, so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. But that was hot work. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall those and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, but the one who had the trumpet was beside me, he said. So again, another change of strategy was given by God. I think God gave this to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is praying in accordance to God's will. God is telling him, here's what you need to do next. New problem. Okay, here's what you need to add to that. New problem. Now here's what you need to do with that. Christian, I'm telling you, if you pray your way or don't pray at all or don't know God's word, you don't know what God has already said he would do for you. When problems hit, you're going to be an easy target. You're going to go down at the first arrow. You need to be in tune with your Lord. You need to know what he has said about you. You need to know what he has called you to do. You need to know how to pray right. You need to be willing to persist with the work he's given you to do. And when he tells you to add a strategy, you need to be in tune with him enough to be able to hear it. And say, okay, I'll add that new level because there's a new problem coming. Yes, problems come, but God tells you what to do before they get there. This is Christian living 101 in this chapter, okay? So he had guards stationed around the area, and it's amazing how even the people who were doing the work, they had to work while they were armed. Now you got to wear armor and put on that big old sword, and I can't carry as many rocks, and I can't carry as much concrete mix or whatever. I'm wearing all this stuff, and it's hot out here. And I'm sure it probably slowed down the work progress a little bit, but at least they were ready to defend themselves if they needed to. Sanballat's failed attempt at a stealth attack is not going to happen now. And sometimes you are going to have to put on a lot of weight. The armor of God can be sometimes a load. Well, I better study that Bible today. I better, you know, that's something I need to add to my schedule. It's something I got to put on. Guys, you got to be equipped. You got to be ready for what's coming. Be ready before it gets here. But it's okay that the work slowed down because they already made up for it with a surge of building the wall to half its height. See, they're already well protected. And the trumpet guy, he stayed close to Nehemiah. That was the watchman that stood up on the wall. He was always looking. And if he's seen anything out of the ordinary, he'd blow that trumpet and the whole town's up. They're ready to go. So he had the guy with the trumpet right close by Friends, basically what we read here is that the Lord saved his people by ratting Sanballat out, ratted him out. Any enemy that comes up against you, 
You don't need to return fire. You just need to prepare yourself and keep doing what God has called you to do. Let the Lord rat them out. If you try to rat them out yourself, you're just going to enter in the very war that you can't fight. Okay? Nehemiah was called by God to do a task. Opposition set in multiple times on multiple levels. And because Nehemiah knew God's word, he knew how to call upon the promises that God had already made for Israel. Therefore, because he prayed right, the Lord delivered them from every increasing threat. Man, I can learn a whole lot from this, and I pray you are too. But Christians, this is how we live life, the same way. The people that claim that you don't need to read the Bible as a believer, boy, I get them all the time. I've got a little post I like to make now and then. If you don't study God's Word, you, you don't really love God. And people blow up. That's not true. I love God just fine. Just because I don't read God's word doesn't mean I don't love God. Well, I beg to argue on that one because you're going to spend time with whatever you love. Whatever you truly like to do, what you really love, you're going to spend time doing it. If you don't spend time in God's word, I'll leave that between you and God. But that is a big problem because people that say they don't need God's word, they're going to fall victim to warfare every single time. They're always going to get beat up. And these are the people that walk around saying, woe is me. How come things always happen to me? Why is it always like they're always sour and all upset all the time? Because they fall victim to warfare. They First, they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to call upon the promises of God because they don't even know what they are. The promises that God offers to those who really love and believe in him. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly, really my disciple. So I'll put scripture against that, that you have got to know God's word. You've got to read it so that when trouble threatens, then you'll know how to pray according to God's will, according to what he has already promised. Praying on your own will does nothing but amplify your selfishness to a new level of sin. Nehemiah 4.19 Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Underline, highlight that, draw explosions around it, whatever you have to do. Our God will fight for us. He will do it. Verse 21, so we labored in the work. And half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, Let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. Okay, Nehemiah has told everybody, y'all stay inside. Stay inside the wall. Don't go out. Don't travel home. If you live outside of the wall, don't travel home right now. Everybody stay in here. So they had to work all day, and they didn't take their clothes. What that they didn't take their clothes off. What that means is they they didn't stop to clean up after work, and they didn't you know kick their feet up. And oh, I got to take this armor off. I got to take. Oh, oh, that feels better. Uh, Now, if an attack hits, you're not ready. Friends, always keep your armor on, because especially in the times we live in now, stay dressed, stay ready. It is That horn can blow any minute. We blow the horn here every day so you can get used to that. That can blow any time. But until you hear it, you stay ready, okay? 
They couldn't afford to let their guard down, not even for a minute. Don't let your guard down not one time. All you military guys, you know that the whole U.S. Army and the U.S. military, they don't take a week off. The the enemy would find out and he'd get you. Keep your guard going. Likewise for us, we're going to have continual opposition all the time. I have opposition against me right now, today. I'm still here. I know you got opposition against you. Sometimes it comes in the form of a headache. Well, I think I'll skip church today and I won't I don't feel good. I'm not saying headaches is a, I'm, get hear me right. What I'm saying is learn to recognize warfare. Anything that comes up that says no, not today. Don't do God's will today. We have to work like this. What do we do as we work when we consider continual opposition? We have to consider the Jews were prayerful. That's a main issue there. We've got to be prayerful. And also we have to be vigilant. Prayerfully vigilant. I almost could have titled the the story this. Prayerfully vigilant while they worked. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, continue. Don't quit. Oh, I offend everybody. I better stop. Everybody's going to be mad. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, that means be happy about it. Oh, no, I got another problem. Hey, be happy about it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opposition. I was getting a little slow. I was getting a little proud. Thank you for the reminder of humility. Thank you for the reminder to keep going because I was ready to quit. But now that guy told me I can't. Well, I'll show you. And now I'm back in it. Be vigilant. Stick with it. Keep going. Pray and be thankful about it. Don't let all these people talking about you ruin your your week oh i can't believe what they said about me so what have thanksgiving lord thank you i'll keep going keep going you can always expect hostile opposition your first reaction should never ever be to counter them with the same that they throw at you our first response as believers should always be to consult with the lord in prayer first every time That should be your first quick draw reaction is to pray before you do anything. I know you want to say things back. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Clean through it if you have to. But bite your tongue while praying. Lord, I want to get this guy. He makes me so mad. But Lord, what should I do? Have some humility. Be prayerful. Be vigilant. Be thankful about it. Don't waste your time striking back at the enemy. When your time could be better spent by praying like Nehemiah did. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. I know it's not easy to come to this church. I know it's not easy being a Christian around people that are not. I know that there's a lot of things they get to do that you know you can't do because it would not honor the Lord in doing so. I know sometimes it's hard and you look despised or you are despised. You're insulted. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Remember, Sam Ballots and the guys are the ones that ended up afraid later. Our enemies, if they don't get saved, they're going to be the ones that are afraid later. Don't waste your time on them. Keep on going. Keep in mind, though, that this person that is mocking you and ridiculing you, this is something I really had to learn because this was a big weakness of mine until I I realized this. That person that mocks you, that person that makes fun of you, could one day get saved from watching you and become your eternal brother or your eternal sister. 
Boy, I had to learn that one. When people come charging at me, I'm like, God, are you saving this guy soon? Because <laughs> if you are, <laughs> help me, Lord. <laughs> and he's done that for people before. People that are going to be in eternity with me. People that have already gone into eternity before me. That one day, once upon a time, they used to make fun of me. I want you to be careful how you pray. Nehemiah did not pray out of a personal bias. He did not pray out of revenge, and he sure didn't pray out of prejudice. He didn't pray out of anger. He didn't pray simply because he didn't like Sanballat. He prayed according to God's will, according to the promises that God had already made in his word. And I want to show you John 14, 13 as we close up. It says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want you to notice Jesus never said, if you ask for anything, I'll do it. Jesus did not say, if you ask anything, I will do it. He said, if you ask anything in my name, in a way that glorifies the Father, I will do it. The name it, claim it, Lord, make me rich, give me a mansion. And, uh, you know, that is not right. That is a, a violation of this passage. Jesus never said that you can ask for anything you want. He said, whatever you ask in my name. That means according to his will, according to the things that God has already promised that he would do in his will, not your will. Y'all catching this? No, the Bible says ask anything and you'll have it. And it does not say that. Ask according to his will to glorify the Father. So again, be careful how you pray. You have to know God's word in order, in order to pray right. You have to know God's word in order to survive trials. So Nehemiah prayed God's will and kept going. Friends, I want us to learn to pray right. And keep going. Don't stop your kingdom work just because somebody else doesn't like it, because there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like it. There's always going to be somebody. They're going to ridicule you. It's okay. Rechannel it. They're going to mock you, like Nehemiah had to put up with. That's okay. They, re they redirected that too. They'll accuse you. They'll ridicule you. You're going to fail. A fox can knock that wall down. Ray, you're going to fail. I'm going to make a show about you, and everybody's going to know what you really are, and they're going to, you're going to lose your whole ministry. But your calling is based on what God has said, not by what anybody else tells you. You are who God says you are, not who everybody else says you are. And I want to drill that into you today. Nehemiah had to learn to focus his prayers according to the promises that God declared in his word, according to God's purpose for his people. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And guys, that says his purpose, not your purpose. You may want to highlight that his purpose part right there. That is his purpose. Lord, well, I got my purpose to be rich and have everything I want. Well, you're not going to get that. Everything works good according to what God has called his purpose, not ours. If we learn to pray, pray right, 
The Lord will show us the right strategies to protect us from attack. Now, I want you to consider something from our story today. Did the people of Jerusalem, did they ever actually have to fight Sanballat? Did you ever see that happen in this chapter? Did he ever fight them? Did they ever draw and go scrapping it out? No, they didn't. They never did. Why not? Exodus 14, 13. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Guys, we really got to let the Lord fight for us. We really need to learn that. I was about to be attacked by that radio station. I had no way to defend myself. I asked the Lord, shut this man down according to what you said you would do for me. Guys, we're going to face trials together. But don't try to fight it on your own. And certainly don't try to get this congregation to fight your battle for you. You get the Lord to fight. Every division I've ever seen happen in a church was people that had some kind of beef with somebody. They had a fight they wanted to take on. So they tried getting people to fight for them. Hey, come over here. I want to tell you something. Now fight for me. Hey, let me tell you something about so-and-so. Now I want you to fight for me. That's wrong, guys. You get the Lord to fight for you. Don't get people, don't build your little alliance like Sam Ballot did. That's just divisive. That's problematic. But guys, we got to learn how to trust in the Lord so that we can maintain our composure in the heat of it. And that's how people are going to see us is different when they say, you're not reacting like everybody else does. You're not acting, Ray, the way you used to. And that's how people are going to see that is the Lord that is working through us, just like we saw the Lord working in Nehemiah 4. So I want to say before we shut, if you lack peace in your life, let's say you have your own internal hostile opposition. I've had that too. I, in my, back in my day before I was saved, I had an internal opposition in, in me. Had nothing to do with nobody else. I was battling myself inside. Friend, if you have that, you need the peace of Jesus Christ. He's the only way you're going to get it. We have a sin nature that the Bible calls the old man. Before I was saved, I always catered to the old man, the old sinful nature. So we need to learn how to pray. Lord, I need my old man, my old sinful self to be crucified with Christ. So let's pray, Lord, shut this man down. Shut this man down and teach me to listen to you. Amen. Not our way. If you're used to reacting your own way, pray, Lord, shut this man down. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me so that I could be crucified with you. Thank you, Lord, for shutting this man down. Lord, I pray for all the future attacks coming, the stealth attacks that we can't see coming. Lord, I pray for people to get into your word, to study your word to know how to pray, to know what your will is. Lord, I pray for those who are depressed in here, those who are hurt, those who are struggling, to realize their calling that you have given them, to realize who you say they are. Lord, strengthen them. Show them who they are in you. Show them their true identity as a saved believer and give them peace, Lord God. Lord, we're going to surge all the more when people persecute us. And it does come with an exhaustion at times, but Lord, we know that you're going to give us that next strategy, that next thing that you want us to do. But Lord, we got to be in tune with you and we got to listen, Lord God. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.